women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. My name is Esme Lawrence, and welcome. My guest is an inspirational host of the Every Day is a New Day show, a two-time best-selling author. She loves to empower people in embracing who they truly are. My guest today is Kim O'Neill. Kim, welcome. Thank you, Esme. So good to be here today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I, I'm happy to be here. Um, I think you are fascinating, and I love that you are helping people who are in you know, stressful positions find that space of being, uh, the way I interpret it, a centered place of being within themselves so that they can confidently you know, move forward in whatever profession they may be in. Definitely. And they're going to learn from you today. So that's exciting. Yes. So Kim, tell us about some of the struggles you had as a child. Oh, as a child, the first thing that comes to mind is really just recalling that I had a lot of negative self-talk that I didn't know was negative self-talk, right? I, I didn't know that uh, there was stuff going on up here that wasn't really the truth of who I am and the world around me and things like that. And I didn't start to come into an awareness about that until I was in my teen years, but then not really until I was in more of my twenties and thirties and was able to reflect and, and start to heal from the, where that even originated from, right. how that was impacting my life, all of that. So, so that's one of the things that comes up for me. And, and as a kid, I was naturally very bubbly and high energy and, and at the same time had moments of really being quiet and shutting down and not always expressing that part of myself. So also having this part of me that was very wrapped up in the negative self-talk definitely played a role in, in times when I stopped being myself, stopped allowing myself to, you know, be, oh, high energy and happy and, you know, joyful and, and playful and all of that. And like I said, not really knowing how all of that was mixing together and, and creating a new version of me that really wasn't the truth. Right. You know, Kim, I, I, I can relate because um, it wasn't until decades that I realized that how my childhood affected me. And, uh, you know, when my mom told me, told me the story about the fact that uh, my dad abandoned the family and I didn't realize that it affected me, but it did, you know, yeah. and it was when I, um, when I actually addressed that, you know, um, you know, years as an adult, then I realized, oh my gosh, all my decisions that I made in life, it affected me. It gave me a negative self-talk because I would talk negative to myself. I, I thought I was stupid. And, you know, I said, if my dad didn't love me, who's going to love me? Oh. You know, so I yeah, had all these negative things. You know, I had no confidence. And it's, it's, it's funny because here I am an Olympian, yet I didn't have any confidence. Right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, I totally 
get that. And I, I have a similar story too. I, I had, had an absent father and um, that's not to say I never, ever saw him, but for the most part, I rarely ever saw him to the point that I forgot that I had a dad. Right. Um, but yeah, I had the same approach. I, for, for many years and, and he was in the military. And so I had this mindset of, you know, what, you know, my, my dad's in the Marines, I, you know, I'm, I'm strong. And, and my, my maiden name um, was a synonym for the word strength. So I really adopted this mentality that, no, you know, how, uh, that I'm strong and how can something or someone who was never really in my life actually impact my life, right? How yes. can you miss something that you never had? And for years, I allowed myself to believe that and think that I was not impacted by it until I had certain breakdowns, a succession of breakdowns in my life. And I finally had to say, okay, I was actually deeply impacted by his absence. Yes. And yeah. by acknowledging that now I can start to heal and move forward. Oh, oh definitely. You know, and the, the sad thing about my family is this, that um, my dad chose another woman who lived up a block away from us. So I saw him take care of his other family and then take care of us. So yeah, that really impacted me. And, you know, because I thought, oh no, I'm good. You know, oh, yeah, I am, I'm an athlete and, you know, and, you know, I look at it when you see the iceberg, you see the top, Yes. right? You don't see what goes deep. And sometimes we live, like I said, I was living, um, a living a lie, you know, for, for me, because I thought I was confident. I thought all these things, but in actual fact, when I analyze myself and I reflect back, I was living a lie because I was, I had, I said, no confidence. I didn't think I was worthy. I was afraid of a lot of things. And, you know, I wouldn't do what was best for me because I was afraid. Every time I saw an opportunity and something that I wanted, I would be, I would back off because I didn't think I was worthy enough to have it. I so love that you're bringing this up. I, um, it's interesting because as a kid, I was also involved in theater and I sang and I did these performance related things that I loved. They allowed me to have that self-expression and creativity. And I always saw myself as very confident or at least continuing to put myself in situations where, you know, it, it supported me in developing greater confidence. So it didn't make sense when I started noticing in my early twenties, people saying to me, you need to be more confident. And I'm thinking, what are they talking about? Like they, they don't know who I am. They don't, I don't understand what they're talking about. And it happened a few times and I started to go, okay, what are they seeing that I'm not understanding about myself and little things that I, I have not even been able to really pinpoint, but just little things started to happen. And I'd go, Oh, Oh, I think that was a glimpse of what they must have seen in me before. And so then, you know, what does that mean? And just starting to follow the trail and where it really started to, at least one of the big moments where it started to open up for me is also in my early twenties, I was going through a divorce and I was also starting to reconnect with my dad. And it was really a, you know, just lots of big stuff happening in my life and being in this space of connecting with my dad and kind of still having this, uh, I want to say push pull experience with him because it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're doing this. And yet, Oh, okay. There was a resistance and still new challenges. Um, you know, for instance, I was going through therapy to heal from my divorce and she said, well, why don't you invite your dad? Oh, okay. Mm. So I invited him and he didn't show. Wow. And we did that twice. So my, my point in sharing that is, is still having these experiences of where he's still choosing to be absent and then eventually getting to the place where 
okay, we, we were able to connect and be together and, and have deeper conversations. And as we had these deeper conversations and I started having a visceral experience of, oh my gosh, this is what it feels like to have a father presence in my life and realizing I've never felt anything like this before. And at that time I was, you know, starting to, starting to date and get back out there as well. And having some, some challenges with a person that I was dating at the time and realizing how simply having the presence of my dad in my life made the challenges with that new person that I was dating just, I mean, it was nothing. It didn't impact me the way that it would have had my dad not been there. And it was, it was huge. Oh, for sure. It really And so having that experience really showed me the impact of having a solid, you know, father figure role model person, um, in one's life makes a huge impact. Oh, it, it does. And unfortunately for me, when my, when I was in my thirties, my dad wrote me a letter and he called me, you know, by my, by my nickname and he said he loved me. And I said, I'm in my thirties. I don't need him. Forget him. You know? So I, uh, you know, I tossed the letter away. And, you know, reflecting back years, well, decades later, I kind of regret that, you know, I said, oh, why did I do that? Because he was here, he is reaching out. But I thought, I'm in my 30s, I don't need him, you know, but the legacy of my father walking on, 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 you know, the family, it's carried on until I'm in my, like in, in my 30s, my 40s, you know, it just carried on until I had to go back. And, you know, and just get, say, what happened? Because I didn't even know what happened. Right. You know, and start to go back and say, as a child, you know, because when I was reading my, when I was writing my book, all these things bubbled up and really just slapped me in the face, the reality of the fact that I was abandoned. Because I once, and I went to a conference and we're talking and, you know, and it, and it came up and said, oh my God, I was abandoned, you know, and all these are things that, and I said, no wonder I was afraid to take chances. No wonder I never thought I was worthy. You know, no wonder I wouldn't, you know, like I, I was just so, um, you know, thinking, well, who's going to love me? Uh, because if, if my, my own dad right. didn't love me, who's going to love me? Who can I trust? You know, and so, yes, all these things. And of course, I told a story to myself that I was stupid because I'm not worthy. I'm stupid. And I went about proving that I was stupid by, um, by how I perform in school. Oh, goodness. You know, so, yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yep. And yeah, and it, of course it took, I had to rewrite my story for me to, um, to become empowered and be the woman I am today, you know? And so, yeah, yeah it's just you know, having a dad that's not there, you know, absent or, you know, and of course, you know, and one of the things that I found too, that my mom, a single mom with five children, how strong she was, you know? And so I realized too, that I could be really strong, but I thought all I need is, is Esme. I don't need anybody else in my life. But that's not true because if no one is an island, we need people in our life. Yeah. I, I completely agree with all of that. It's the, the unexpected piece of all this is for me, it's really led me to understanding how, um, yes, people in my life can impact me and yet they don't have to, to the degree that I've experienced in the past, because ultimately it's about me knowing who I am and making sure that I'm giving myself you know, my own love first and really operating from that place. And so that's, you know, it, that to me is the, the beautiful part of all of this. And yet there's been a ton of this journey that's been awful and painful and confusing. And, um, 
and didn't make sense whatsoever. And yet I can recognize how, wow, because of their absence, it's led me to the most important place, which is, which is within me. And 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 you know what, and that is where the healing starts when you look at yourself within you, when it's, when you turn the mirror and go deep, you know, and then, and be totally honest with yourself. Right. And that's how I, you know, decided (laughs) I had to do that because I wanted to live an empowered life, want to be um, a person that um, I was proud of, a person that my mom would be proud of, a person that my dad would be proud of if it was in my life. But I had to go and look deep and, uh, and bring up the scars and address them. And I love that you mentioned when you were writing your book, how this all started to come out because I, yeah, I agree with that. When I first started to write um, the first book I was part of, I wrote a chapter in it and just writing that one chapter. I mean, it takes you on a deep inner journey where it's like, if you're going to publish this stuff, you got to go and explore all the stuff that comes up for you. Um, it's, oh, it's very powerful. Oh, definitely. I always say to people, I encourage everybody to write a book, even if they don't publish it. Because when I started my book, I've, I forgot I've, so many things in my life I forgot. And so writing the book, it brought me back to my childhood. It brought me back to the, a lot of the pain I had in my childhood, a lot of the happiness I had in my childhood. It brought me back to so many different um, points in my life and my life's journey. I thought, oh, I forgot about that. Okay, let me write about this. You know, and so I really um, embraced the book and I decided just to be open and honest <laughs> in the book. Tell my feelings. <laughs> you know what? That is, that is such a gift. That is such a gift. I, um, that's, yeah, that's been my experience too with writing because, you know, if you're going to choose to write something and make it available to the public, then I really think that, you know, tons of the value comes from when the author is able to be authentic and open and share those things that may have been scary. But the thing is that once you've already explored all of that within yourself, then it's easier to see the value in being authentic and sharing that with other people, because that's where you, your story connects with theirs and can actually be of service to people when they read your, your book. Exactly. You know, because I've been there, done that. And now, you know, and that's why I do coach women because I really feel I can help them because uh, I've, you know, I can bring them on my journey and then, you know, they can, my life can be an example for them so that they don't have to go through the pain as long as I did, you know, they can, um, you know, they can look at themselves earlier, you know, so they can live that empowered life. So, so then, so you were a crime analysis, right? So tell me about that job. Yeah. So that, that's one that, that always comes up because it's so different and unique uh, from everything else that I've done before. But yes, I was a crime analyst um, here in Southern California. And I first want to say it's not the person that's out in the field, you know, dusting for fingerprints and, and, and getting the evidence, the physical, tangible evidence. It's the person who's in the office behind the computer doing tons of research and tons of reading and really immersing themselves in what's going on in my city. Where's the crime taking place? Place, you know, what are the suspect descriptions, all the different, you know, what are the, the weapons of choice and things like that. And really looking at the patterns and the trends and seeing what can be deducted so that we can both be proactive as well as react in a way that's going to help to solve crimes. And so the way I look at it is it's, it, you're not the detective, but it's a form of investigation. And um, it was fun and exciting and also had its moments where it was um, a bit draining. And especially for me, as I was in this space of already coaching people, but also 
um, learning at the time, learning Reiki and how, how to manage my own energy within myself and realizing, wait a second, I'm, I'm immersing myself in all this negative energy of all these crimes that are taking place on a daily basis for 10 plus hours a day. I'm, I'm ingesting all this information and yet I want to have clear energy so I can help promote, you know, energy healing within other people and, uh, you know, just helping people to find, you know, to find their own inner peace. Right. So that would be depressing. You're looking at, um, you're looking at photos of, of crime, you know, so what you're, so you're, you're putting all that, that uh, murder and stuff in your mind. <laughs> You know, and a lot of the stuff, um, you know, a lot of the stuff was, was mundane, right? So there would be like, okay, there were another 10 um, auto burglaries, you know, in the city that night, or, you know, another, you know, another 10 uh, cars stolen or, or, but then it was for me personally, it was the crimes against, um, I guess, humanity. So yeah. the crimes where one person's attacking another person, that kind of stuff. And wasn't always privy to all of that. You know, some right. of the murder cases, you know, we weren't allowed to, they do a fantastic job of keeping information confidential with just the people who are, who need to see things. But okay. yeah, you know, as they needed the analysts to further assist with investigation and, and putting pieces of information together, you know, you got to see more and more intense um, types of events that took place. And those ones are the ones that really got to me. So I was typically the person who'd be like, <laughs> who'd, who'd take things on a deeper level and go, wait a second, I can, you know, connect the dots and say that this sub suspect, he actually was a victim of sexual assault when he was a kid. And so I see the pattern and the trend of how it led to what he's doing today to other people. And, and, um, you know, and that was just kind of the way my mind worked. And people would say to Kim, say to me, Kim, you know, stop it. It doesn't matter. We just got to focus on this crime now. And, and I agree. And yet at the same time, you know, I'm here to, to help people heal on a deeper right. level. And so it was, it was kind of frustrating for me at times when, um, you know, really wanting to make a, a stronger impact in, in resolving issues so they don't get to that place where someone's literally, you know, committing a crime. Right. Ready to explode others. and uh, hurt somebody else. Exactly. So Kim, so how do you, um, what do you recommend when people are going through challenges? Oh, just like some of the challenges that we, we've had in the past. So how do you teach them to overcome those challenges? So I, you know, I coach people. I also do energy work. And the thing that really uh, I have found to be so pivotal is, is what I was talking about earlier about learning that it all comes back to you. And I think a lot of times we, we have this notion that I'm going to keep myself safe by protecting myself and putting up some sort of barrier around myself. So I'm going to maybe, maybe adopt a mindset that, you know, I'm not impacted by this, or I'm going to completely shut this thing out or that person. And what I have learned surprisingly is that it takes opening up and trusting and allowing yourself to go within to start to develop a stronger internal foundation and knowing that you are safe and protected and you can actually move through anything and everything, um, and to go at your own pace. So I know that uh, that might actually sound somewhat vague, but it really encapsulates what this journey has been like for me and for the people that I often work with. So one of the very first things that I think is very helpful and yet so simple, people may not realize what a profound impact it can have is by starting to breathe to breathe intentionally. It was really interesting. Years ago, I had a friend come to me and she said, Kim, you don't breathe. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And I realized, oh, she's right. 
I had gotten so used to living off of shallow breathing. It was just my norm. And when I started to take deliberate, intentional, slow, deep breaths and notice, oh my goodness, what a relief just doing a simple little act like that can start to create more space within me to be able to move through situations that were challenging and and fearful and uh, you know maybe emotional for me so anyway so that's what comes up to mind first and foremost is really getting to a space of internal peace within yourself and it can all just start with your breath um does that answer your question <laughs> right yes oh yeah because i mean like when you are well the first thing you want to make sure that people are able to breathe because uh, because people get all stressed out and they breathe shallow like yes. and when they breathe shallow i mean it, I mean, there's no brain there's no oxygen going to their brain right? exactly. so if you want to be able to think properly and you know and go into yourself you have to be, make sure you take deep breath right and so it's a calming effect Yes. Right. And I do that too. I take a lot of deep breath. And when I feel like um, the stress is coming on, you know, I just, I just take deep breath. I just, I center myself because that's one of the, the first thing you want to do is we all have, we all breathe. We have to make sure that we take it deep from the, from the stomach all the way up. Right. And yes. not just breathe some shallow from the chest because yes. that will make you even more panic and more stressed out. So now Kim, how do you teach your, your clients to, to embrace them, their awesome self it's to right now it's primarily a one-on-one -on -one situation we're coaching one-on-one -on -one with a person and so it's always looking at what is the situation that they're dealing with and as we start to uncover and explore and i've had some people point out to me well oh it's exactly like using your crime analyst skills and applying <laughs> it to to personal coaching and that's very much the case as i look at what are we working with you know where where are your limiting beliefs about yourself and potentially about the situation that you're experiencing and it you know the truths that you are stating are those really true and starting to uncover new pathways one of one of the stories that always comes to mind is how this one client came to me saying you know what kim i'm really in a space where i want to declutter my home this year and i thought oh okay that's the first time i've had a client come to me with that situation and the deeper we went into you know our sessions eventually she started to uncover Oh, well, my deeper wound is actually that I was, I was sexually abused when I was a kid oh. and exactly. And how that was showing, it was, it was, you know, showing up in the ways of added clutter in her home and, and other situations in her work life and with her family and things like that. And so, so whatever the presenting situation is, there's often something that's much deeper that once we actually can get to a, that and by, you know, one of the things that is so important to me is that in a coaching session, everything is confidential. Um, there's no judgment about what's being shared. And I think it's really important for them to know and feel that it's a safe space. And because if you don't feel that it's a safe space, we're not actually, I'm not going to be able to be of service to you. Oh, definitely. You have to, if, when somebody comes and talks to you, um, they have to make sure that you have to make sure that, you, that they feel safe. Because if they don't, they're not going to open up to you, right? Exactly. And yeah, so that's that's a really important. Um, so Kim, what I want to ask you is, how do you decrease stress in your life? 
That's a great question. So it definitely, my breath is a big part of it. I will wake up in the morning and literally sometimes just for 10 minutes, I might meditate, but sometimes I will literally just for 10 minutes do slow, deep breathing. Um, it's, it actually, you know, in addition to helping me to feel more connected to my physical body, which I think is really important. It also helps me to just feel more open and more energized, just bringing that breath in. I will also envision. So I, I don't know if, um, if this is going to be too woo woo for some of your listeners, but to me, it's important to remember that we are not just our bodies. We're so much more than our body. And yet it's important to feel that connection within our body. So what I envision is I will just visualize, you know, this expanded version of who I truly am, the essence of who I am aligning with my physical body. And so by being in that space, that helps me to, to feel centered and remember who I am. I think that when we forget who we are, it's so much easier to be in that space of, fear and contributing to unnecessary other problems and constrictions in our life that if we remembered who we were first, it's some of those wouldn't even develop or evolve because when you know who you are, you can get through anything. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because I believe that we were born to be great. God created us to be great. And, and a lot of us don't live into our potential. Yes. We have potential. We have to work. We have to believe in our potential. And so if we believe, then we will live up to our potential. But if we don't, like I didn't believe in my potential and um, you know, yet I'm successful, but did I live up to my potential? No, because I didn't believe. And so if you believe that, uh, you know, God created you to be great and you work towards that, you will be great, but you have to believe. And that's a, the, the, yes. the magic word is believe. Yes. Right. I know this now, but when I was young, I didn't know that. <laughs> right? Except, well, and what I love, you know, what I love about you saying that is, is it's like whatever belief you have now, if you also can identify that, but I don't fully believe just be open, just be open right. to, to, you know, getting to that space where you believe even more, getting open to, you know, to knowing that, okay, where you are today is fantastic. Everything that you've done in your life has led you to where you are today. And that's, that's beautiful. Right. Yes. And you can get to a space where you're even feeling even more confident, even more whole. I, I believe that everybody is whole as we are, but so many of us are very familiar with what it feels like to not feel whole, to maybe feel broken, like we need to be fixed. And no one, you know, the, the lie is that we need to be fixed. No mm -hmm. one needs to be fixed. And yet I think we don't fully know that and embrace that or believe that until we feel that. Definitely. And, and, and so anyway, so that's where a lot of, you know, what I say comes from really having that strong internal foundation within you so it can be expressed outward and Definitely. So Kim, what would you like to share with our audience today? Is to know that you are amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the truth. You know, the truth to me is that you are amazing as you are. And if you're not believing that or knowing that about yourself, then that simply means, you know, what faulty foundation are, are you are you living from, and you know, what are those limiting beliefs that you've taken on about yourself? Where, you know, what, what in your past, in your childhood, have you not healed? Have you carried forth with you into the present as if it's still happening today, even though it's not? And what can we do to support you in healing and releasing that 
So you actually can now live from the present moment as your authentic, you know, true, real, confident self today. You know, it's like all that extra baggage that we carry forth with us. It's, it's just that it's, it's baggage, it's heavy and we all have it. So that's the truth too. We all have it. And yet as unpleasant as it's been, the gift is us choosing to learn from it. And what can we take, you know, those golden nuggets that we can take with us to move forward. I was just doing an interview with, with someone else today who um, he is, you know, he was coming from a corporate leadership perspective and the same thing applies in that situation. It's all about not being perfect. It's about here's what I've, what I've learned, what I'm working with and how can I apply that? That's the key action step. How can I apply that to today so that I can move forward? And, oh, and then, oh, I'm going to learn something else new. Okay. So then how can I apply that to move forward and, and keep moving forward? And, and that's how it goes for all of us. We, you know, we've all got these things that happen in our lives and yet they don't define us, but they can support us in moving forward. So that's ultimately the message I, I want people to take away. And, um, you know, what I love to do is I started out on this interview coaching um, journey where I started doing that, helping people prepare for job interviews. And what I love and both was also surprised about is that over the time I realized, oh, the real work of preparing for an interview is not just, you know, oh, how can I answer this question and, and you know, right, present myself in the best way. It's about what's going on internally within you to support you to be able to present yourself in the best way and that goes beyond just interviews. It goes, it leads into how are you showing up in your everyday life? Right. And, and, and so it's, you know, it's all about that internal journey and come, you know, really connecting and, and, and getting clear on that so that you can confidently and triumphantly move forward and, and enjoy life more. Definitely. And on that note, Kim, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you, Esme. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And so to learn more about Kim, go to esmelawrence.com. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success podcast. Thank you again and have an amazing day. My name is Kim O'Neill and I am known for being a transformational confidence coach, helping people prepare for interviews and everyday life. Every day is always a new day and I am sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. Woohoo! Thank you so much, Kim. Yes. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to esmelawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.